Hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of Formula Port. This week we are talking all about the Netflix series Drive to Survive Season 6. And of course, it's the pre-season testing. Like, trackside action finally comes back after a good solid two months of rest. And seeing those cars, our hearts just took off. back with a bang and this is also a very special episode as formula one officially completes one full year we started with our episodes back on the 27th of february this episode in fact is going to be released on the 27th of february just to mark the occasion of one year of formula pod and yeah uh, even though with the great difficulty we we found all the founding members of the uh, of this group and then the additional member who joined again thanks to my um, influence I don't <laughs> is this what I am? no no you weren't the founding member but you are like a new member who joined the family <sighs> okay. but again uh, uh, like we all consider it is the 101st wonder of uh, which has happened in 2024 and it's none other than Jason Miranda finally joining an episode oh, welcome back bro Ferrari. Lewis is here Lewis is I mean he's not here this season but next season let's go <laughs> bro you're so good to you're too back, late guys. you're uh, sorry, uh, you're, sorry you're I super you late halfway through last season but I am back this year and and hopefully this year you'll see some something good from our team well let's see how that goes up and then of course our london uh, our london friend vishruti back again uh joining us live from british library and yes we have um mihir joining us back from his own uh bedroom <laughs> hey what's up guys so, uh Really happy that we finished one year being together in Formula Pod. I think it's an achievement, not for just us, but also to our listeners who are actually being consistent and listening to us and being patient. And thank you so much for the feedback. I think we're taking the feedbacks in a very positive way and trying to figure out the best way to inform you, entertain you, and to have fun with you. So thank you so much. Like, yeah, most certainly, thank you so much to like all the listeners who have supported us. Have so, just to give some stats about how all of our episodes have gone off, we have released over the span of one year, we actually released 32 episodes. Loads of voices came come in, loads of, in fact, some of them even we managed to get them up in a pretty a full in studio, but then, like, yeah, a thousand plus downloads across. Six different platforms that itself is like a big thing for us. A small group. And again, if you literally even look at our Instagram, we are not that big of like, what, 10K, 20K and stuff. We're just down with our, we're like trying to trail into the triple digits, but there we are. Today is all about us talking about, as I said, Drive to Survive and um, preseason testing. Let's actually kick off. Drive to Survive. Let, I want to hear like an overall, um, like an overall feel about 
your experiences starting off with me here what do you feel about this season 6 of dts it's i think um, it's a piece of art that we could watch i think you as a formula 1 fan um i'm not a new biased but the way they have shown teams is outstanding the behind the scenes formula 1 is not just about cars going around laps there's so much into it that it's beyond our understanding and i think it also educates not only us but people who want to get into the sport uh, i mean we are i wouldn't say experts in formula 1 but we know a good amount of information and this adds on to what knowledge we have overall out of 10 i'll give it at least a 9 i don't want to give it a 10 out of 10 that's and the reason i'm taking one out is because well obviously netflix does add a lot of drama into it it's not it's not as drama full as it and it is but again it's for entertainment purposes i guess that's what it is also six seasons it's been super successful <laughs> what i feel and i'll be very honest with you arjun i think netflix has a huge part in formula 1 now i think formula 1 is becoming mainstream the difference between a formula 1 fan and the person who watches formula 1 is it's wide apart but i guess it comes you get what i mean right it's like it's like yeah yeah uh, people who say oh yeah i watch formula 1 and others go oh, no way so like what do you like oh i just i like red bull and i was like okay why do you like red bull oh you know because they keep winning and i was like dude this what to it brother come talk to me <laughs> don't be don't be no. uh, yeah, don't be an npc like you got to come and talk to me you got to you got to understand the, the whole history behind it i want to make it very short i actually did make a lot of notes i like the fact that you know everyone got a chance to talk uh, that means team principals ex drivers you know uh, people that we do not usually see on screen uh, mm. i'll say uh, obviously the owner of uh, you know aston martin lawrence lawrence stroll i think he, he legendary man that guy he literally said he he screams money like you look at him and again this guy has money yeah. you could <laughs> um, you could see it in the launch party that they had like the people that were there like the things in the i don't know everything that just just screamed money yeah exactly and you know everyone was like this has to be top notch for him like you know he's coming in 5 minutes you guys got to keep it you know sturdy you he's coming in 2 minutes you know don't give him wristbands yeah. you know he's obviously yeah, yacht again yeah, i i completely i completely agree with that and i'm like what on earth just is this guy like it's basically like that one episode is basically pr for lord stroll yeah. and he's the most punctual yeah. on time again if suppose if i as a customer wants to go to aston martin and buy an engine i'll be like okay this guy has got his shit together he's going to supply stuff on time because this guy runs on a clock uh, you, as you said netflix might have put that drama bit behind it but then if his regular life itself runs on a drama mm-hmm. yeah no i mean he I does have he does have a lot of financial i mean he's he he's the definition of deep pockets you know this guy he can do whatever of he course. wants to. he also has a really good looking wife yeah definitely definitely comes with money uh, but yeah, i'll just come back in a while about your favorite moment of the episode of the season 
I'm going to uh, run down to Vishruti. What is your favorite, like, uh, overall, what did you think about DTS? Overall. Don't give me your favorite bit, I, but overall. I liked it. I really liked it. I, like like Minya said, it was nice to see the intro visit. And um, we probably would be seeing the last of Guntersteiner, which was quite sad. Yeah. But uh, overall, it was, I, I liked that it stuck with the timeline of what happened. Uh, and even in the trailer, you could see they really elevated the whole dramatic effect with like Lewis's, uh, you can be here for 20 years or maybe 30 or more, but I can't. And they literally squeezed as much drama as they could into it. And I ate every bit of it up and it was really exciting. I really loved it. All right. Um, and yeah, moving on to uh, Mr. Jason Miranda. So what that are your um so that bits what are your favorite bits so the the red how does toto speak i'm trying to imitate toto saying that oh the red won't look good on luis but he is here in a red he is here 2025 baby that broke me that was the yeah i didn't watch oh, much man, trust me but yeah toto pow get it <laughs> Yeah, so like overall, what did you feel about the uh, season, about the entire thing? Did you feel it's less of drama? It's more of drama, or like I think Netflix—it's it's on a subtle end. Not, I think Netflix balanced it pretty well, and compared to previous years, where they would take chunks of small parts of the season and portray it as if it's something big, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This year, there's more of a balance and just more of operational things that you want to see on TV or on a screen, you know. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think they've done they've done a good job. I still have to watch a few more episodes, but yeah, uh, that's to where I am now. Man, at least at least Vishwati would be the most happiest. We'll be like, okay, I'm not the only person who uh, was the last person to finish watching all episodes. There's another person who hasn't watched the entire uh, uh, season. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I probably finished happy. it before yeah. her, so so technically. Oh no, she's finished it. I finished it last She's night. finished it. Oh. Like, Mihir, oh, Mihir, went, <laughs> Mihir went on the offensive, like, being like, you should not sleep. For, took, you should not sleep long. I took it as an offense and I finished it at 2 a.m. last night, so I have no sleep. I am running on no sleep. <laughs> that's, why, that's why she's uh, in a library doing a podcast this, episode. This is, what, this is what you get for challenging a lawyer. All right. Uh, so I personally feel uh, with the overall DTS situation, bringing in Claire Williams is definitely a good addition because you actually get that team principal perspective, especially when there are situations like in the previous season, they were showing the conflict between Gasly and Ocon, uh, Shal and Sam, um, Carlos. Like all these things, like, again, you getting that kind of an team principle inside was something like I'll say was a was a great plus yeah but in an overall perspective yes um all drivers getting a chance to talk but I'm, I'll not say all drivers did get a chance I think Joe who I knew didn't have a chance to talk I was just gonna say that Joe who I knew didn't get a chance to talk about Joe who I knew didn't get a chance to talk no but Valtteri Bottas was uh was focused like if you're Looking on the part of where Alfa Romeo was focused, it was all Valtteri. Mm, there wasn't much of um, Joe. I don't know. For maybe... Joe, I feel like Joe was not uh, kind of focused a lot. 
Uh, and I'm just like, I'm just recollecting right now. Because again, even Sergeant, as a matter of fact, was even uh, featured at one end like in, 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 in the episodes. And yeah, because Alpha Jari, the bit was, of course, had to be there. And Nico Hulkenberg, in fact. Wait, did he? He was there, right? He was there for like, the Haas episode, but not as much. Yeah. Yeah, Nico the and Haas Kevin were there in the Haas episode. So yeah. They focused more on Gunter Steiner, to be honest. Again, like that made more sense because he, I feel, I feel like Gunther Steiner is the more sellable property in Haas than the drivers. Mm-hmm. Because again, that, again, probably the way how Netflix played it around in such a way that like he was there, like he technically would be the most sellable story out there. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about favorite moments. Who wants to go for it? I think Jason. Um, since you haven't been pretty active, we would like to hear your voice. So, what was the question again, Arjun? Favorite moment. Which what what is your favorite <laughs> moment from Drive to Survive? Well, not from Drive to Survive, but personally, from last year, it's Otmar getting sacked, isn't it? I <laughs> I remember I I remember this bit where. Like last year when we were doing the episodes, I believe uh, the the I, I believe yeah at Spa he got sacked. That episode, Jason was the most happiest person on planet Earth, and I still am. Being like, finally that guy is out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know how if if he could be a F one <laughs> team principal, I could be one too. <laughs> But but yeah, it's it's good that he's gone finally and he's out. Uh, Jason, really, 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 do you really think? Like, I feel amongst the four of us, uh, best team principal could better be me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel I like too. he knows. He knows. He, he knows a shit together. He knows a shit. Even though he is going through a shitty problem right now, he will get a shit together. <laughs> like, I I I feel Mihir would be like. Would be that perfect fit though. Yeah, Mir Mir would. He would. He really would. But I think I would I would do a, a good I would do a better job than Otmar. You see what I mean here? Mm-hmm. And and what is the funnier <laughs> thing is like in the previous episode you have seen Toto going to Harvard and giving lecture. And again, he's the guest lecturer at Harvard right now, um for sports management. This year all of a sudden it was Otmar and I'm like what? Oh yeah, I understand. He's he Atma going to Columbia. Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, he's, he was going to. Yeah, so I'm just saying. Last year, Kototo went to Harvard Business School, and this year it's Atma going to Columbia, which again Atma has a belt of experience under him, but again he in fact was just sacked just because he couldn't control his drivers, and I like and and death where um, Bruno Famine. Like, that guy, again, I feel like, from some end, I feel that that guy was a villain. Because he was closely yeah. monitoring every inch-by-inch inch things happening at Alpine. And right now, he being team principal, it was just like, it just became all, all, all like a full surprise. Yeah. yeah I think he was waiting for it to happen. And he, no, he was waiting for it to happen, and Atmar was like, kind of, slowly dwindling and you could see it when even when he paired Ocon and Gasly together yes he had the intention of having a full French team but at the same time they really didn't get along well like in the episode you could see Gasly being like okay we're never gonna be best friends 
it is always going to be that competition he knew that they have been they've grown up together they've always been competing against each other so they've always had that kind of friction between each other and i'm i'm quite sure that mom must have known it 20 years in the business i don't know what he was thinking but and and of course like this guy boasting a lot about leadership uh, qualities and his style of thing he just basically gave it out to the public that his leadership is absolute shit oh, yeah mm-hmm. he just gave it out there like he it was clear as day of his leadership style not working but honestly i i want to even get now mihir's um, opinion on the like your uh, favorite moment down at dts i think uh, as much as i want i want to say lewis um obviously the lewis episode was very emotional for especially me i'm such a big fan um i don't i look up to him and the way he is but i'm going to go back and i'm say that money talks episode was actually quite moving for me it really shows how money plays such an important role in formula 1 mm-hmm. hence the 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 title of the episode money talks where lance stroll he from my understanding he's taken things for granted his dad his dad's work, been working very hard his dad has given him an opportunity it's you know it's he's not even given a silver spoon he's given a a titanium spoon um it's a, it's a very it's a very difficult thing to understand because obviously maybe he he, he always was into formula 1 mm-hmm. but he was never his dad was never a driver from what i've understood he was always into he bought first he bought wait i think did he buy he bought he bought sahara because when sahara was enough sahara uh, force india force india oh, sorry force yeah. india when force india it, went into administration he led the consortium he heard something was going on and he sat with his legal team and he bought it then it was obviously it was uh, uh it was bwt after that and then obviously he renamed bwt it racing points yep <laughs> and then he changed it to aston martin so i think that was my favorite episode yeah Okay, and 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 also, you know, those bits where this guy like just randomly brings his chopper down, and then just like, you know, like you can see how of a true businessman is Lawrence Stroll. Yeah. In that particular episode. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm like, dude, you're how you're you're like executive chairman of Aston Martin. Bloody like, why can't you drive like a bloody Aston Martin? No, yeah. Like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that bit. No. But also like this year they reduced the number of crashes. They they stopped showing the number of crashes. Because last year I feel one of our biggest criticisms were these guys showing Joe Guan use crash every now and then. Yeah. But this year they didn't show the crash of uh, Lance Stroll in Singapore. Like, you know show, those kind of um, big moment Lando crashes they didn't Lando in Vegas. They, exactly like none of those things they showed and i was i was like for a moment i'm like okay why they didn't show that because again that was like a moment for aston martin yeah. again from a viewer perspective i would like to see 
a bit like not a lot of that a bit of it yeah you know because last year it was like as if um, it was running like uh, joga news thing like on repeat yes, this year exactly. like this is this is more of like say okay max uh, bashing on to george and then like say you know it's, it's all those contact things only came up nothing major on, came up they focused on max and general like, a lot even, this season well as, as, as well as max a lot as well as like each and every episode there was something that was brought up at the singapore grand prix obviously there was a focus with the singapore grand prix in terms of like ferrari as well as mclaren but not as much but like the singapore grand prix was like shown in each, almost every episode because something major happened both red bulls were on there this is the only race that was not won by red bull or had a red bull on the podium so there was more focused on that but not a lot of the crashes this time and also like i feel like the singapore episode like i feel like the singapore race itself could be like a full on episode honestly true yeah mm-hmm. because you have that bit where um like lewis and george doing midway switching into mediums the tires which they saved compared to rest of the grid using their full set of allocated tires then the bit where uh carlos and lando are kind of like Carlos supporting Lando each other them. just so that like mm-hmm. yeah the strategy between them like, you know like i feel like certain bits personally i feel could they have missed, been included they've missed out they missed out even on the singer program period they missed out like i was talking with another friend who's watched it she was like they missed out like showing how much of a big thing it was for carlos as well as ferrari and the other teams because this is the one one race through the entire season that red bull wasn't there on the podium they should have put a little bit more Should have pushed and, it. Uh, sorry to cut you off. We were talking about DTS featuring Qatar. Oh yeah. Where was mm-hmm. that? I have no idea. Qatar was a beautiful. Like, I was looking forward to it. No, exactly. And I'm like, because that technically was the first mm-hmm. clash between the two Mercedes drivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the part where Lewis and uh, Charles getting disqualified mm-hmm. from uh, Austin. Yeah, because of the this one. Yeah, didn't show a lot of the major parts that happened. Honestly, yeah, they they just showed Carlos. Yeah, like, thing. but even even Carlos hitting the drain in Vegas was not that big of a thing. Again, that was shown. Again, there was a bit of an airtime for that. But I feel again, I'll not say personally speaking. I'll not say they have done a massively brilliant job. Mm-hmm. Even though Mihir gave nine out of ten, I would rather say I would give it a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. even a seven and a half. Scratch that seven. Because personally, there are certain races again which were worthy enough for the drama. They didn't show. Yeah. Again, I'm not telling these guys to show the part. Oh, Max Verstappen uh, wins the blah 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 Grand Prix. I'm not telling them to show that because that wouldn't like we all have like seen it enough. We know it more than enough times. I've by heart of the Dutch national anthem, but I just want the parts that. You know. And 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 also the part where Sergio Perez is struggling. Mm, mm, yeah, they didn't. They did. They just. At least, at least, I don't want them to like show that a lot. At least the part where they can actually mention this one was more of like. But I feel like there were certain spicy content which they could have used. They didn't use it because okay, these William Buxton saying Singapore each race three to four kilos, understandable. Of course, that is the reality of Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah. At the same time, what is the situation with Qatar? 
you had one driver retire not because the car was faulty because he was unable to drive the car mm-hmm. you had six drivers who basically were taken after the race to the medical center for exhaustion yeah to one that vomited in his helmet and even the part of um, las vegas grand prix like again las vegas grand prix they showed the bit i feel like the cash is the what do you call money talks thing can also feature a bit of uh, las vegas mhm yeah 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 i get you and the bit and the bit where lance stroll is talking about lance stroll's uh, hand and then uh, as a father he feels so sad <laughs> that could be like a separate episode could be named like daddy's feeling or something again that was boosting lance stroll nothing much honestly but yeah i feel lauren stroll lance stroll getting more time right now again they were they would have been happy i feel mm-hmm. they must have paid paid these the situation but like yeah but yeah anyone anything else to add i think i agree when all, all of us agree when we when i say this that there should in general be more episodes uh, in drive to survive um but they they could they could also maybe think i, I know it's a lot but they could think about covering each race individually i don't know if it's if i make sense here yeah. you know it'd be too much of a job to or too much of a operational thing to get all of it organized but it definitely would be something cool or uh, whether you know follow follow guys every race and then you know just so we get so much insights into how life is behind the scenes you know more of a mm. more of a realistic I know this is real obviously but as well as the back end of what happens throughout the season. And what do you guys think? Well, each race that is say let's say 24 races in the calendar, 24 episodes. From one end it will be really long because one episode at the moment how the concept runs is you've got 10 teams on the grid, each episode is focused on one team and you're taking those things But again, this time it was a full mix-up. You even though you were having parts where it was just Aston Martin, the parts where it was just Alpine. Again, because that much amount of things were actually going on, and then you had the part where with with an entire episode dedicated to Ferrari, because again, the entire switch of Fred Vasseur, a team principal who was not in the Ferrari line, coming in yeah. a guy who was not considered. way too serious for the job yeah. taking Alpine, the biggest responsibility yeah alpine practically getting two episodes of sorts yeah alpine getting two episodes again i feel it that could have been reduced a bit yeah like even yesterday when we were on a call i was telling you that alpine getting two episodes why and like you know the fact that i mean yeah you told me that there was change with the whole thing but like two two episodes for alpine when you could have probably focused on i don't know uh the start between ferrari and mercedes more because that was literally to the end no the, the, like the last episode i i love the last episode i do i really love the last episode because that actually say featuring both las vegas and abu dhabi together in one episode showing that rivalry off between ferrari and mercedes mm-hmm. uh with And and also they, they missed they, the cut they, the bit where Charles Leclerc sacrificed his track position for Sergio Perez. Yeah, yeah, and they could have they could have dealt those, with those. I I I need to see those kind of bits 
Yeah, they could have dealt with uh, the they, they mentioned the Aston Martin and McLaren clash towards the end, but I feel like they could have focused on that also a little bit. Well, yeah, they had like their separate episodes, but I've told this before on the podcast while recording. But Aston Martin, when they were up, McLaren was down, and McLaren started climbing up. Aston Martin started going down. Me, there was like a wave of starts, and I feel like they didn't focus a lot on that. I'm not just saying that as a McLaren fan, honestly, but I would have liked to see a little bit more behind what these guys felt. Yeah, in the last episode, just like towards the end of Abu Dhabi, I mean, uh, we had the whole uh, Lawrence Stroll, Zach Brown's messages and stuff like that, but that was like probably what 30 seconds and. That was it. Well, yeah, like Mihir, you want to add anything which any something which you felt was missing? I think one thing that was missing for this season was the lack of just emotion. I think because it was they're trying to fit in so many things. Um, the the definition of emotion for me is having that touch of you know what do they feel rather than I mean they do talk about how they feel but. In a more personal level, like I want to see what they do in their lifestyle, like not just Formula One. I want to see what's happening behind the scenes. They're only talking about quick pace, you know, the the drama, the, the the confrontation between the team principal and other teams. I get that. I love that. That's that's how it should be. But I also want to know. Uh, I want to dive into a driver or a team principal's lifestyle, what they do on a day to day, you know. I think that's what I'm interested in. That's what I meant by emotional. I want to really get into how they started their career, how what are they doing now. I mean, not a documentary, but like you know, a very good snippet of or, or a synopsis of how their day goes. Like when do they get up? Like you know, what do they do? So would you agree with uh, with what I said? Where we need more episodes in which they. Oh yeah, they, absolutely. They kind of... I I yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with that point. Yep. I, I really think uh, Jason is right on that one. No, if if they you there the number of episodes, how many episodes do you think would be ideal? Do you think all twenty four races must have twenty four episodes, which are roughly near an hour long? So they they could definitely reduce the the time the time frame of these episodes and and make them maybe thirty minutes or forty minutes, you know, compared to an hour. Now that's what I think would it would keep uh, people engaged, but also mm-hmm. not get them you know oh, okay this is like one hour long twenty four episodes you know it wouldn't be something like that. So in my uh, from I think and this is very this is out of the blue but I think that every driver should get at least half an episode or one episode and like divide mm-hmm. into two like if season six and then do like season six part A with like six episode or like twelve episodes. And then mm. do like a part B with the other races with the other drivers. So have a mix of both. Get every driver. To, I mean, can you imagine the amount of details Netflix will get by just interviewing one driver for one episode? Oh, yeah. That really totally. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure they thought about it, and the cost and everything comes in, and like people might get bored, they might skip some episodes. But I don't know. I'm no one to say anything, but yes. But 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 again, the main thing about Netflix partnering with Formula One is basically to increase the viewership of uh, the sport. So again, because I remember, like, I at a point wasn't again. I just loved car racing and stuff. 
I wasn't specific to which sort of racing I like. But then once I started watching Formula One, I'm like, okay, to a certain like season one of Drive to Survive, I watched, and again that by that time again I just just randomly watched a race. But then my love to Formula One again more kind of increased up a bit uh-huh. after mm-hmm. watching DTS again because. You're getting to know everything about the driver. You're getting to know every technical aspect, every nuances is being uh, mentioned. You know that action. So I feel like again, certain people will appreciate it, but I personally feel twenty-four episodes, like every race having every episode, I won't agree to that. But then the bit where Mihir said being like part doing a part A, part B situation works. I think the double headers could be together. But if, what, what we exactly mean? If, like, say, Bahrain and, Bahrain and Saudi could be together because they're one week after the other, and they can probably release it, like, weekly episodes or, like, after the double or something like that. They do that for other shows. They can do that for this as well, you know, to keep them coming. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether you've seen the bits where uh, these people showcasing Saudi Arabia and Bahrain, <laughs> like, the souks of the Republic. What do you think? Like, it's just souks? Yeah, there is just more to Saudi Arabia and more to Bahrain. I mean, the, the track is surrounded by so many, especially like Saudi. The track is surrounded by so many like huge buildings. I'm like, why are you showing just huge? So much huge buildings. Like, okay, I don't know. I don't even want to go on that bit. But uh, yeah, I feel I feel like too much buildings would be definitely another city thing. Mm. Because again, it's Jeddah and stuff like again. You need to show that bit of the Arabian blitz. I feel Saudi Arabia is best for the Arabian blitz. Yeah. Abu Dhabi is good for the closing blitz. Oh, yeah. like, you know, like, you've got that, you've got each glitz for each city. And Bahrain is a starting glitz. But anyways, keeping DTS aside, let's actually, um, again, I'm not going to take a lot of time again. Um, but speaking about the pre-season testing. How was that feeling, seeing those cars back on track with all the new liveries out there? Right, go for it. Um, what's what's the new Toro Rosso called? What are they called? The, the guy is still catching up, guys. The, it's, uh, a, it's called Visa uh, Cash App RB, or we cut short it to VCarb. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think I think they're looking pretty good because their their timings were just behind uh, the top four teams, the top three teams, weren't it? So they they seem exciting. They have Danny. I love Danny. So that's 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 my second team for this year. But I think otherwise, I'm just gonna comment on my team, which which we look good. Like every year, we look good. It's all of my teams are like this, similar to cricket. I support RCB, and we look every year. We look good, and then midway through the season, we just we just fumble it, screw <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah, but but. I'm not gonna say more. Don't jinx anything, but it looks it looks okay. It looks decent, you know. All right. It looks decent. He say, he says all his things, and then after he's done talking, he'll show put his camera up. This guy, <laughs> no, it's like a disaster. Uh, but yeah, uh, Vishruti, what do you what were your thoughts seeing the papaya back on track? Every single time I saw Lando on top, the only thing I kept saying is, "This is just free testing. This is just free testing." Don't get your hopes up. But at the same time, I'm glad that they had a better pre-testing than they did last time. Obviously, Lando wasn't able to um, race much or drive much in the on the third day because of the whole rain thing. But, you know, 
the, the car seems good. The car looks, sounds beautiful. Uh, and it's quite fast. I mean, if it's up there with um, Max, it's a good sign. Uh, I just hope it actually works out on the actual, during the actual races. And even Oscar's keeping up the pace, doing a good job at it. You know, I, I didn't see the final, thing. I think he was like sixth or seventh or something like that. But then he's, he's maintaining the pace that he was on, which I'm really happy about. Um, probably as he races more, he's just out of the rookie year. I think he, as he races more, he would also be able to build it up. They have the, a good car this year. And these two were quite confident when they said they'd be able to equal Red Bull. I hope that's not... I mean, I hope that's true and they're able to do that because this is just testing. We won't know exactly how much. This is more of endurance rather than speed. But I hope they're able to work on that and actually keep it going during the race. All right. How was it seeing Lewis's final um, preseason testing for... <laughs> to answer your question, Arjun, obviously it's very devastating that uh, Lewis is leaving, but... It is what it is. We can't always, you know, think about that. He's moving on. We are all with him at one point. Anyway, um, I'm I'm a data person when it comes to Formula One, and I think numbers speak louder than words. Likewise, how the team principle of uh, William said, data is everything. That is how we judge a person's performance in cars. Obviously, uh, Jason's gonna be really happy when I say this. Ferrari. Day three testing, phenomenal by Charles uh, with uh, 130.322 with 74 laps. I think that was pretty impressive. Uh, obviously, you've done so many laps. Um, so it is prone to have very consistent, very sharp turns. You are basically memorizing the turns now at this point. But mm -hmm. that it is. Uh, number two, surprisingly very happy that George Russell... He did uh, 130.368. I think that's a really good lap. He did 67 laps. That's pretty good. And obviously, number three was our um, steak driver, <laughs> Zoo. Um, with, Zoo? Uh, did you say Zoo? Zoo. You know, that's know. how, that's, that's how know. we pronounce it. Um, well, coming back, obviously, he did 136. For seven with 85 laps. I think uh, he's done a pretty good, outstanding lap as well. Um, I just want to talk about Red Bull for like a quick second. Red Bull was fourth uh, with 66 laps. Um, I just want to say that Red Bull is what everyone's talking about. I think with their, everyone, Red Bull knew that everyone's going to copy their car from last year. So they had to make a few changes. That small little air intake they have on that side part they have done. It's Red Bull is Red Bull. Like there's there's nothing we can do. That team is absolutely mm, phenomenal awesome. when it comes to getting around FIA rules and regulations. Straight on. Perez on the other side being number six. I still don't know what is Perez doing. I think he. Mm. Uh, I think the car speaks more than the driver. I just. I, that's a statement I want to give for Perez, but Red Bull sees something for Perez and that we don't, and I'm really trying to understand what they see. I mean, he's a great driver, but again, I'm comparing him with Max, which makes you know mm -hmm. him the second. There's a reason why he's the second driver. Also, I just, before this question goes to Jason, 
I just want to say that out of all the teams that I've seen, and obviously I'm being very unbiased here, I think Red Bull is the most the most stressful team because like on the episode in season six, your place is not permanent. If you're not performing, you'll get replaced. And that is a lot of pressure. Max doesn't have that pressure because Max has established that he'll be working with Red Bull. So his, the pressure of him losing a seat is not there. But when Alex was there or Pierre Gasly was there, there was so much of pressure. So being in a Red Bull team not only puts you under pressure, it also affects your performance. That's all I want to say. Well, in fact, it tests it tests a person's mental ability to the most maximum. Because there was that bit where Sergio Perez was saying, like, being a Red Bull driver is no easy job. Yeah, this was uh, because you have like Nick DeVries and everything, and like you could exactly. see the way he with the way that Nick was kicked out and Danny was bought in. You could see that they have that, even though it was Alpha Tauri, it's still a sister company for sister team for Red Bull. They still put equal as effort into Alpha Tauri's drivers and the selection of the drivers as they do for Red Bull. And with 2022 season also, you could see Perez, they focused on Perez's seat in Monaco, and then he was able to resign the contract because he won. And it just goes to show that until you show your true grit and show that you can actually work with Max in this scenario and work to a point where you can show that you deserve that seat. If you're not, if you don't even come close to what the thing is, then you begin out. And I think Red Bull shows truly that it's more of a mental game as well. I think I I have a, a very different opinion from all of you guys. But not a different one, but a, a interesting one, if you would say. But I think what Red Bull are doing is, is pretty smart. Because they have the, the best driver since uh, he he's the best now, and and there's no one and there's no one who's even close to him. But also they have a great car, and they have the second seat, right? So when you have everything at such a high level, then it's obvious that you can demand this from the second seat, or you you should be able to put so much pressure and. And they expect the driver to also cope up with that expectation and with that mental pressure. So I don't think Red Bull are in the wrong for this because they spend a lot of time developing the car and we have one one seat, we have a great driver, so we, we expect the same. Not the same, but but the same. Do you know what I mean? This is trying to reach max. So in my opinion, I think they're right to demand that. Okay, uh, sorry, I'm... I'm just going to counter-argue with Jason for one second. Or, um, Jason, do you, don't you think that putting that pressure on a driver, doesn't? don't you think that would affect the performance? Don't you think you should give them some type of leverage that, you know what, listen, we know you're a new driver, we'll give you a few races, but that pressure you're building up to a driver, don't you think that will really demotivate a driver? Obviously, we have seen... The, the fear factor of not getting a permanent seat keeps you on the edge. That is amazing. That is how a Formula One team should be, keeping a driver on the edge, not giving him the comfort, but also need to understand that, listen, because they do it so quick. Like, it's it's a, it's, a, it's like a rolling su- substitute. Or, like, you love football. I'm pretty sure you know how rolling subs work. Don't you think that pressure really plays a very crucial 
on a negative mindset for on a driver uh yeah I, i agree with you but i think uh, what's his name the the guy who danny replaced nick de vries he didn't he get half a season or something to to kind of prove himself what what they did with he, albon was wrong well, it was albon right a few years ago no no it was yes, Gass- yeah. Gass- yeah. even it was both of them yeah even gas both of them in fact what they did to both of them that was wrong cuz they they genuinely didn't give either of them time but but i think with the the recent kinetic deviries i think they gave him ample of time and then finally had to make a call but i agree with you mir i think uh, they they definitely should give that that time uh, but not because the- you not the way they did with gasly or alvin but i think the nick deviries was was fair that was okay also we need to understand that that's what we have shown i'm pretty sure it was very similar yeah yeah i mean just, there was just barely just let you know much, there wasn't much that was shown regarding the negativities i mean the whole kk mob bringing daniel in you know and and even uh, you we this likely touched upon liam lawson coming in yeah and yeah. it was just uh, you know after this race you're going it's not like got more thing he was there for what 3 4 races and he actually showed three races, he was there for 3 races he was born for 3 races and he, even after the third race that was when he got to know that okay i'm out the next race they don't mm-hmm. like they don't give them time to process the situation right but you know on one end i feel like uh, firstly i feel liam knows that he is just a reserve driver there Yeah, he knows he, that. Like, and, and 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 it's not like Daniel is going to retire. He just came back, got injury. Mm-hmm. In his mind, he's like, okay, I need to get back to that seat soon. Yeah. Which he did. Which he did eventually. He made it back after Singapore. Got back, and then um, I don't know which was the race after Singapore, but he made he made it back eventually. He made it back to the track, and everything went well. Yeah. Well, so um, I feel I feel like he should have managed his expectations a bit more. Yeah, but that's true. But like he, you could hear it in the background, like Christian saying that, "Oh, I will give you a chance. Like you deserve a chance later on." But like that was very. I mean, I know he was a reserve driver, but that was wasn't it rushed? Like I, I know that he obviously knew that he was only going to be there for like probably three four races. But at the same time, Red Bull has a history of making rushed decisions. and doing things quite well uh, i'll i'll tell you one thing for sure um but nick devries bit uh, nick nick devries was given a very bad car alpha tori was not the best car alpha tori in fact only after singapore got off from the bottom list you could see you could see it in yuki's car as well just because yuki had been there and, for and a long because, time because because yuki was just what finishing p10 or p11 And again, yeah. Yuki knows the car because Yuki was driving. He's driving the car for the past four years. Yeah. So he knows the car. He knows the team inside and out. Yeah. Nick DeVries from one end is coming from a Mercedes background. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like a guy coming from a Mercedes background, he's having his his very first Formula One race. Mm-hmm. He was when he was in Formula E, he was ruled as king over there because he was winning championships like anything. Mm-hmm. versus this one was is basically just you know it's like polar opposites yeah but again i really wish he was given try time like how james wilds gave time to logan sargent to correct his way 
At first, he was crushing the car. He was bringing big, big, big bills to Williams, which actually Williams was not in a position to kind of tackle them. But mm-hmm. James Walls at least trusted him, got everything in line, allowed him to develop. Yeah. And it's not like Nick DeVries just came out of yesterday being like, oh, I was a Formula 1 driver yesterday, today I'm becoming the same Formula You cannot do that. Personally, I, I personally feel this is a thing. But anyways, coming back to the preseason testing chat, because I feel like we deviated way so much. I personally, when I saw like um, Ferrari having the SF24 is having, I personally feel SF24 has the fastest top speed. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was just going through some of these in these Twitter threads, and like again, I've got like some data from Formula Data Analysis. It's the handle F Data Analysis on it on Twitter. It says turn fifteen. Um, all this while W eleven was having the fastest minimum speed, which was one twenty nine kilometers per hour, versus SF twenty four turn fifteen. Again, it says a long straight. You're having, you need to break. It is a heavy braking zone. Um, and mm-hmm. SF24 had in that place 135 kilometers. So this being that Carlos Sainz was, Carlos Sainz's SF24 in fact had six kilometers more than the fastest car of F1 in all time. Mm-hmm. Which is the W11. So again, I'm going, my Thoughts on my eyes will definitely be on that Ferrari during Quali happening. And to all the listeners out there, this week race will not happen on a Sunday. It happens on a Saturday. The calendar for this race as well as the next race will be on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that is how the schedule is going to work this week. On, on, On Thursday, that is Feb 29th, we will have our free practice one, free practice two. Uh, Friday on March 1st, we have the practice three and quali, and Saturday we have the race. So this is how it's going to go for two weekends until we make it back to Australia, where things will go back to normal on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday race weekend. I feel, you know, this race calendar for Saudi Arabia and Bahrain is so well adapted to their weekends. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, because of this part of the world, except for the UAE, um, Weekends are a sad, a Friday, Saturday. So anyone who wants to watch Formula One for these guys, it is I feel best adapted because you're having like us, you're having you're having your race on Saturday, Sunday. You guys go back to work, chill. Yeah, That's, I know. Like people go back to work, will not chill, but yeah, still chill. <laughs> but yeah, and 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 then see, and also the bit where with, with the preseason testing itself, have you guys seen the bit where? Uh, Landon Norris, Lewis Hamilton, Sergio Perez, like they go in a race formation. I was so I was like, excited. I was I'm so like, excited. yeah, 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 yeah. I, w- I hadn't seen that in like three months and I got so excited just watching it. I was like, I, I rewatched it. When you know that you, you kind of get that adrenaline pump oh, when it comes to seeing such, something like that. <laughs> I'm like, next week, I don't know in what state I will be at, but I'm pretty sure I'll be up on top. I am. Most probably watching it at the F1 arcade here in St. Paul's. And I am so excited to be oh, watching man. it. And I'm going to be watching it with a Red Bull fan. 
takes it to like another level, but this is going to be really, really exciting. I don't know. Mihir's like, what am I doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really excited. Like, what am I doing over here? Like, come on, dude, what's going on? Yeah, you have no idea. But I've been to the, obviously, I've been to the Formula One arcade. It's phenomenal, dude. It's, oh, yeah. it's state of the art. Everything is so nice. You feel... I, I really want to touch upon how Formula One has brought so many communities and people together to watch Formula One and educate other people on what's going on. It's not like, I mean, there is there's no hatred, but there is hatred with like team, obviously teams being teams, but it's not as bad as it's it's love at the end of the day. You know, we all we all sit and try to see. We yeah, all have concerns for drivers who crash. And, you know, we love to see if they're okay or not, or, you know, yeah. we hope for the best for everyone. But Formula One has really brought a lot of people together. And I'm really glad that it's becoming more mainstream than very, you know. Yeah. Um, most definitely, yeah. 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 Well, I know we have been blabbering out for quite a long time. So, yeah, I'm not, so we're not going to take um, a lot of your time. But on that terrible disappointment, thank you so much for tuning on to another episode of Formula Pod. Uh, before we wrap up, Jason actually has something to say because yep. he well, he because he came back. He was like, "Okay, Arjun, you need to give me a bit of space." So, Jason, you have exactly got two minutes. Go. Yeah. So uh, we have the F1 Fantasy League. We have our own Formula Pod League. Uh, this the code will be on our social media pages, but you can approach Arjun Vishruti Mir or myself, and, and we'll be more than happy to give you the code. Uh, so you can sign up with all three teams, and and let's see who comes out on the top. That, that's all. That's all I wanted. My space. Oh well, uh, Jason. To all the listeners who doesn't know about F1 Fantasy, can you just give them like a bit of an idea yeah it's it's just a, a a game where you have 100 million and you build a team of five drivers and two constructors and the points are based on how these guys perform in the race so that's pretty much it i would say i would personally say get max Verstappen and all these teams and just captain him so he gets you double points but yeah it's it's a gamble you can just play around with, with different drivers and teams Oops, I have just got Lewis Hamilton as the guy who's uh, <laughs> leading my team. Nah, nah, You'll be nice. very surprised who's my... You'll be Don't tell me Lando Norris. I uh, put Lando Norris. <laughs> God! <laughs> but, but dude, that guy, like, that guy was so expensive. Yes, he was atrociously was. expensive. Yeah, but he's uh, the person fantasy. who actually... He's the only person who actually performed... Quite aggressively. I think Lewis is coming to a point where, you know, he's giving up on Mercedes a little bit. And I hate that. But, you know, he keeps saying, oh, the car could be better. The car could be better. Yeah. The car could be better. But there's nothing that they could do now. It's all about luck mm-hmm. and how the first six laps mm-hmm. of the race predicts the future of Formula 1 2024. Yeah. Well, yeah, we got to see how this thing goes on. But yeah, uh, to all those who, as Jason said, an F1 fantasy league, apparently. Uh, and again, I, I just, just, just just randomly was going through and then 
um, Jason just messaged me today randomly being like, oh, dude, um, I created like a fantasy league. I'm like, dude, I was just like fixing my team right now. Like it just, just, it just like came extremely out of random. Like because this guy, yeah. even though he will not make it to any of the episodes, he's very <laughs> regular in just randomly messaging me some random things. But yeah, I am not going to take a lot of time. I've been saying this for the third time. Thank you so much for tuning on to another episode of Formula Pod. Please do like, share, and subscribe. And podcast, our podcast is across, as I said, six different platforms. So you've got the variety to listen. Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it, we got it. And you want us to be on another platform, let us know. We'll be more than happy to uh, get you access out there as well. Support us on our social media pages, formula.pod. Any feedback, any suggestions, more than happy to listen to each one of them. Uh, you can message us on our Instagram page and we will take that up. And if you want to be part of it, just yeah, again, text. Texting is the biggest thing. Before I wrap up, Vishwati has something to say and she is uh, very desperately waiting for it. So I didn't get a chance to out. say one year. So happy one year. <laughs> oh yeah, happy one year to Formal for Happy one year to all of us. Um, and yeah, I hope this, this entire thing just goes on even further. Uh, even more better and even more harmonious. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, guys. And that's a wrap from the entire crew from Formula Ford. Goodbye. Okay,